Well, good morning and welcome um, to Bradfield and Ruffham Baptist Church. Welcome online. Uh, it's great to have you with us this morning. My name's Ben and I'm one of the staff team here at BRBC. Welcome particularly if this is your first time. We know each week we have new people um, logging on to be with us, so a big welcome to you. And if this is your first time, please um, get in touch with us. You can email us at contact at brbaptistchurch.com or go to the website and, yeah, get in touch with us. We'd love to connect with you. This morning, we have Greg Frost with us. Greg's been pastor at Hadley for just under 20 years, and we are privileged to have him. He's a friend, a long-term friend of BRBC, and it's great that he can be here with us this morning. We're going to have the Bible reading now, and Emma's going to do the Bible reading for us, and then the next person you will see is Greg. The reading comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who has spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt round his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptise you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to watch us today. Uh, thank you for your invitation uh, to me to come to join with you today in your church. It's a great honor for me to be here today. And I want to speak uh, this morning to you. From Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, I want to use those words and the ministry and teaching of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to go on to talk about how he introduced the Lord Jesus Christ into the world and for his public ministry to begin. And I want to use these words as a launching pad to share with you, uh, which is the title for my message this morning, that COVID-19 will not have the final say. COVID-19 will not have the final say. It's really important for you that are watching right now, today, to realize that ultimately in your life and in my own life, it will not be COVID-19 that will have the final say on our own destination in life, what it is here on earth and what it will be into eternity. Uh, but that COVID-19 will not have that final say over that matter at all. But it will be the Lord Jesus Christ who will have that final say. 
And John the Baptist talks about some significant things in his life and in his teaching that was to introduce the teaching and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was a kind of guy who would have shown up, if he was to show up in your church, you would notice him instantly. Maybe you know those kind of men or women that show up in your life, whether it's in church or in work, or maybe it might be in the village or the community, the city, the town in which you're watching from today. And when they come into your life, they just stand out to you. They've got one of those bright shirts on that just needs a pair of sunglasses or shades to wear when you see them. Or it might just be that the shoes that they wear are so shiny, you might need sunshades uh, to, to, to even look at them. That kind of person, that man, that woman that shows up in your life and you just instantaneously realize that there's something unique about them, there's something very different about them. While John the Baptist was the kind of guy that would have shown up in Bradfield and Ruffham Baptist Church and I can guarantee to you, everyone in the congregation would have gone, they'd have gone like that because they would have realized this guy was really different. This guy stood out from the crowd. Yeah, he wore camel's hair as clothing. He ate locusts and honey. That's normal staple. Breakfast maybe for those of you that live locally. I don't know. Uh, But this is the kind of guy that would have stood out to you. And his ministry undoubtedly would have shaken you. That's the first thing I want to share with you today, that the ministry of John the Baptist, his teaching and his message, his style, his character, his personality, his uniqueness, if I could say, would have been a person that would have shaken you. For we're introduced to him in Matthew 3 verses 1 to 6 in this way. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. His message was clear repent, which simply means to turn around and walk in a different direction, live in a different direction. For the kingdom of heaven, he says, is at hand or is near. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather leather belt around his waist. Well, I've got a leather belt around my waist. So, you know, in part, I'm like John the Baptist today. And his food was locusts. I didn't have locusts for breakfast or wild honey for that manner. Then Jerusalem, it says, verse 5, and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. The ministry of John the Baptist shook the people that heard it. It was clear, it was distinct, and it told men and women that they needed to do something with their life, to turn around and live for God, to turn around and and live in a way that was so distinctly different to the people around them. He brought a message of repentance to live differently, to change the way in which people were living their lives in his time and in his generation. And it is undoubtedly true that in this period of our own history of the year of 2020, we have been shaken. I don't know about you that are watching today, but I would suspect that most of you that are watching have been on an aircraft at some point or another in your life. On one ministry trip that I took to Brazil some years ago, I was with my wife, and as we came away from Brazil to return back to the United Kingdom, we got on board and they warned us after just a matter of minutes we'd be heading into turbulence on the aircraft. 
Everybody on board looked a little bit nervous in hearing this news. But the bad news was not the fact that we were going to receive turbulence, but it was going to last for two to three hours ahead of us on a very long 10 to 11 hour flight. Not a good way to begin a flight. We were shaken, we felt sick, we wanted to run but we couldn't, we wanted to get off but we couldn't, we just had to sit with it and we had to last out the journey. Undoubtedly, this period of history for you and for us all uh, as individuals has been a time where we've been shaken by the turbulence of COVID-19. It's shaken us individually, collectively, as families, as households, as work, work situations, communities, nations, and internationally. If I was to say to you, what one word would you use to describe the year of 2020. You might come up with all sorts of things. I think you would use one of these words for sure, because one of them you've heard a million times, unprecedented, you've heard that a lot. But I think some of you might say that the year of 2020 has been unwelcome, or it has certainly brought to you and to the world a time of uncertainty. And people have been considering their own lives, haven't they? Maybe you that are watching right now have been considering your life this year differently. I've spoken to many people, young people, more elderly people, and they've all been saying to me that they've looked at life very differently in the year of 2020. People have talked about their work-life balance more. They've talked about, do we really need to get on a train and go down to London, for example, to work for many hours a week and come back again? Do I need to really have to do that anymore? So people are now working from home. They've had to work from home, but they're now considering to continue to work from home. Life is going to be different post-COVID, isn't it? It's different already, but it's going to be even more different in the years to come. So we've been shaken as individuals, we've been shaken as communities, we've been shaken in the workplace, we've considered our life afresh, where we might live. There's been a movement out of the city and the town, out of large areas of population, into beautiful rural locations here, like Bradfield and Ruffham. I'm sure they'd love you to come and live here and to join this church and to be a part of it in future days. And James is whoop whooping in the background as I... As I say that, I'm not on commission, by the way, as I speak. Well, I haven't heard that I'm on commission, at least. But getting back more seriously, we've been shaken, haven't we? And the ministry of John the Baptist did shake us. And COVID rightly should have shaken us. Uh, These statistics that you may or may not be able to see that clearly uh, were from just Tuesday of this past past week and uh, they're just shocking when you consider that worldwide there have been over 50 million people uh, with with COVID-19 and the death toll is now over 1 million 1.26 I think I looked this morning it's up to 1.31 million people and of course we're not absolutely certain if that's the full picture of the death toll of COVID it should have shaken you It should have shaken myself because it has reminded us that we're not invincible. It's reminded us that we have mortality that will come to us one day. It's brought right to the here and the now. The reality that one day we will face death. 
And that's really actually a good thing that we're reminded of this. Because sometimes we can just carry out our lives and we don't think of what is ahead. We don't think that one day we will meet with God. And this is what John the Baptist came to bring in his teaching and his message. He's going to point to the Lord Jesus. He's going to say of him one day, look, this is the Lamb of God who is going to come to take away the sin of the world. It was a tremendous message for him to share. But John was introducing the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wanted the world to know that this Jesus had come to help us to face death, to face eternity, and be ready for eternity. Uh, The Bible is very clear about this in both the Old Testament section and in the New Testament section of it. And in Psalm 90 and verse 10, we're told, the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. What what a great summary that is, Psalm 90 verse 10, of what our lives really are. But so often we forget about that. We just live for the here and the now and we forget about eternity. We forget about what could be around the corner. None of us this time last year had hardly heard of the word Zoom, if you're honest. And none of us had heard of the word COVID-19 probably. And none of us had heard of words or hardly used words like furlough or social distancing and all of that. This has all come into our vocabulary in the year of 2020 as a nation and, as, and internationally too. So we've been shaken and maybe as you're watching, that's been true of you. Hand on heart, be honest before God right now, have you been shaken? I say, yes, I have. I've been shaken. I've been reminded of my own mortality. And it hasn't been a bad thing. And then secondly, I want to share with you, the ministry of John the Baptist was a ministry that stirred people. You kind of get the impression that when John the Baptist entered into the world, that you kind of maybe either loved him or maybe didn't really love him that much. You kind of distinctly get that impression of his teaching and his ministry. He probably would have kind of got under your skin, if I could say that. Uh, Maybe as he taught and as he preached with his camel hair coat on, you know, uh, with honey dripping from his lips or whatever, and he's talking and he's preaching and he's telling you of your need to repent and turn away from your sin. Uh, As he's doing that with you, you're going to be shaken, but you're going to be stirred in that way. Just a few weeks ago, Sean Connery, the very first James Bond actor, died at the age of 90. Quite remarkable that he reached that age, and he certainly didn't look his his age, did he, before his death. And of course, one of those lines that is frequently made mention of in any James Bond film, when they ask for a drink of martini, how do you want to take that, sir? Well, I'll have it shaken, but not stirred. Could it be that as you are watching today, you, you do admit, yeah, I've been shaken, but I would suspect that not as shaken as you were maybe in the month of March and April. Over the period of time of COVID-19, you've assimilated to it. You've come used, become used to it. You've become kind of familiar with its territory, with its dangers even, could I say. And it's almost as though you were shaken to the core. What is life about? Oh, is Christianity worth exploring? Is Jesus worth knowing? Is Jesus someone that I should really be following? And that really did shake you, 
but you haven't been stirred into action. You're like the person who never gets around to it. I reckon there's some of you watching today uh, that if you're sitting with someone in your household, a a husband, a wife, a partner, a a, a mum or a dad or or a teenage brother or sister, and and, and there's a job in the house that hasn't quite been finished yet. You know, you started it in 2012, you know, and it it hasn't finished yet. It's It's not completed there's a few elbows going around. If we were close in church together, I'd be looking out across the people that are sitting in the church building or in the open air wherever I was speaking. And I can guarantee you there'd be a few wives digging the ribs of their husband with their elbow and vice versa even maybe. Have you got around to doing stuff in your life? Well, there's something really more important than getting around to fixing that plumbing job in the kitchen or doing that bit of DIY somewhere in your household. And that is getting around to following Jesus Christ. You may have been shaken, but have you been stirred into action? It's really, really important that you get stirred into action. And Isaiah 51 and verse 6 teaches us to seek the Lord whilst he is near, to call upon him whilst he is near. As you've been shaken, call upon the Lord. And I can tell you this, hand on heart, guarantee to you 100%, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10 verse 13, an absolute guarantee to you. I can promise to you, if you call on the name of the Lord right now, you will be saved. You will become a follower of the Lord Jesus. You will put into action what John the Baptist came to preach and to minister. What Jesus Christ came to do in his life. And then John the Baptist talks about one who's going to come, who is going to sift people. And that's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe I'll read from verse 11 for context. I baptize you, John says, with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The ministry and teaching of John the Baptist had undoubtedly shaken people. And it has stirred some of them. The religious leaders from verse 7, 8, 9, and 10 were stirred. They didn't like what they heard. And John said of them, you're like a brood of vipers. You see what I mean about John the Baptist? You kind of either really loved him or you loathed him in his teaching. So he he, he stirred them. And, and, And many of them did not become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some did praise God, but not all of them did. But that ministry that shook, that ministry that stirred, was introducing a ministry that would do similar things, the teaching and ministry of Jesus Christ, but that ministry would also sift. So John the Baptist says of Jesus, he's going to come and he's going to be like a person that that uses a winnowing fork. Now I appreciate that most of you watching will have no idea what Greg is talking about when he mentions a winnowing fork, even in rural locations like I'm speaking from today. 
A winnowing fork is used by individuals still today in some nations of the world. But historically, even in our own land, where a man or a woman would throw straw up into the air, rather like a pitchfork, it's just a, it's very similar to a pitchfork, and throw it all up into the air. The wind would blow away the chaff uh, and that which is use, useless, uh, but the grain would fall to the ground. It was a, it was a way of separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, the straw from the corn that they wanted to secure and look after. In, in today's world, we use a, a machine called a combine harvester, and the very uh, way in which I make mention of that machine suggests to you that it combines several processes, a combine harvester. They cost hundreds of thousands of pounds today, and they, they, they cut the corn to begin with. It is then drawn in by a reel into the stomach, if I could say that, of the machine, into the very guts of the machine. And when the straw goes into the machine, it is beaten about. It is smashed around to get the corn separated from the chaff and from the straw. The straw goes out the back of the machine... And the corn is then transported from a large tank in the combine harvester into an adjacent trailer and then safely taken to the barn. Something that took individuals many, many hours to do is done in a matter of seconds by one expensive machine today. The purpose, though, is to separate the straw and the chaff from the corn that is valuable. And John the Baptist tells us that Jesus is going to come with a winnowing fork and he is going to sift and he is going to separate those that are his from those that are not. Elsewhere in the teaching of the Bible, in Matthew 25, we read this, before him, this is Jesus, will be gathered all of the nations one day and he will then separate people, one from another, as a shepherd would separate the sheep from the goats. The ministry of the Lord Jesus is good news for you that are watching right now. But the ministry of Jesus teaches you and myself that one day there will be a time of separation. And we need to be ready for that. As we've been shaken in our world, as we've been stirred in our world, we need to be reminded of this sifting that will come one day. It will come. I can guarantee you that it will come. So elsewhere in Matthew 25, we hear of the reality of heaven and of hell. The reality of a heaven to be gained and a hell to be shunned. Then we need to be ready for the day when we will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. It says this in Matthew 25 verse 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There will be this sifting. Are you ready to meet with the Lord Jesus? Are you ready to face him on that day? COVID-19 has reminded the whole world of the reality that we're not invincible. That our life will one day come to an end. It does not have the final say, COVID-19, because Jesus will. He is the one that shakes us, yes. He is the one that will stir us, yes. But he is the one that ultimately one day will separate those that are his from those that are not. The wheat will be separated from the chaff. 
Those will go, that love him will go to live with him into eternity, into glory, into heaven. And those that are not his will go into eternal punishment, into hell. But I've got good news to say to you that are watching right now. You need not go to that dreadful place called hell because you can be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yourself, right now, whoever calls on the name of the Lord can and will be saved. Undoubtedly, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as well has been sifted in this year, hasn't it? There have been times in this past six, nine months of our lives in which we have noticed a sifting even in those who have claimed to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been challenged about our walk with God. Undoubtedly, many churches all across the world have have experienced this sifting. We've been reminded of the fact that the things that we've just become so familiar with can so easily be taken away. Church is not a building. Church is men and women, flesh and blood. Church is not reliant on buildings. Buildings can facilitate and help and be useful to us. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is men and women, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church has undoubtedly been sifted through the year of 2020. Things that we've been used to, been able to sing when we have been able to gather together to meet, we've been unable to do in our lives. But it has been noticeable to me that across the world, as we've been reminded today of the persecuted church through what Ben has been sharing with us and others, that the persecuted church, as they gather to me, very often they cannot sing because they could be found out if they were to sing out loud. They don't have a full Bible. They, they might just have a small segment of it. We are so blessed here in the United Kingdom and maybe where you're watching from today, that you can have a full Bible, that we, in normal circumstances, can sing out loud and have buildings and premises to worship God in. We are undoubtedly blessed. If those are the things that cause you to follow after God, there's more to following Jesus than those things. And the persecuted church is a challenge to the Christian church in the West. A challenge to, to us here in the United Kingdom to be true and genuine followers of Jesus, even when certain things are taken away from us. Because to walk with Jesus is about a relationship. It's not about a building. It's not about props to support us. It's not about facilities. It's about a heart of relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what church is. That's what Christianity is. A walk with God. And lots can be taken away from us, but God cannot be taken away from us. Jesus cannot be taken away from us. His Holy Spirit living in us cannot be taken away from us. So yes, it's been a time of sifting. And undoubtedly there have been people whose walk with Jesus has become even more vibrant and on fire because they've relied on him even more and more. And I pray that that's the case for you. So let me ask you this question. We're coming into a close. Or coming back into land as I began with an aircraft illustration, maybe, after the turbulence. Am I closer to Jesus now than I was in February 2020? It's an important question for all of you that watch. Am I closer to Jesus now than I was in February 2020? Have you been shaken? Have you been shaken but you've not been stirred? Does it feel like you've been sifted in your life? 
But more importantly than that, are you saved? Are you saved? Because Jesus says here in Matthew 3 verse 12, or John says of Jesus, he will clear his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Are you saved? Are you a follower of the Lord Jesus? Yesterday I went for a walk out in the countryside with our dog Milo, who's a little cockapoo, three and a half years of age, a gorgeous little fella. And we walked out through a a, a wood near to where I live. And the leaves, this isn't the picture I took, (laughs) Uh, but uh, the leaves were just magnificent, golden brown and falling to the ground as we walked. And as I walked through that word, I was reminded of these words that I prepared to share with you earlier in the week. And they're so true. From Jeremiah 8 and verse 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. Is that true of you right now? I pray that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you the question again, are are you saved? The ministry, the teaching of John the Baptist was pointing to one that was greater than he, the Lord Jesus. And he pointed to the Lord Jesus. And I point you to Jesus this morning. I am thrilled to share with you Jesus Christ. My heart rejoices to talk to you about Jesus. But I must ask you this question, are you saved? Are you a follower of his? It's been a tough year. Yes, we've been shaken. Yes, we've been stirred, I pray. But are we saved? Because there will be that day of separation. There will be that day where Jesus will separate those that are his and those that are not. And you need to be ready. COVID-19 will not have the final say. Jesus will. Are you ready to meet him? I pray that you are. Thank you for watching. There are details in which, in the description below in the YouTube channel, on what you're watching right now, you can connect with the church here. Please do that. If God's been touching your heart today, please connect, whether you're watching it right live or maybe in the future, maybe even some years to come. You've discovered this on the YouTube channel. and I just pray you'll connect and you'll ask for support and you'll ask for help. I'm going to pray now and I would ask for you to join with me as I talk to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that through a turbulent year of 2020 that you are still on the throne. You're a God that is still in charge. A God that was not surprised by the events of this year. But as we've gone through this year together as individuals, as households, as communities, as nations, and as the nations of the world, Yes, we've been shaken, Lord. There have been things that we would not have wished to come into our life. Some of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have lost really close friends. Some that are watching may even be experiencing COVID-19 in their life right now. Others, Lord, have just been concerned about their future. 
And I want to thank you today that John the Baptist came into the world to point to one who was greater than he, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who came to die on a cross to forgive us for all of the wrong things that we have done in our life. And I thank you that by looking to the Lord Jesus, we can turn around our life and live for him, asking for his help. So I pray that you will grant courage and boldness to those that watch who know their need of Jesus Christ. The harvest is past, the summer has ended, and they know that they're not saved. But they can be, hallelujah. And I pray you'll give them the courage to reach out to Jesus right now and ask him, call upon his name, and know forgiveness and cleansing and peace and purpose in their life and joy to come flooding in through a relationship with God, through Jesus Christ, through the fullness of God, the Holy Spirit coming to live within them. So help us, Lord Jesus, to respond to you right now, I pray, in your precious name. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning, and particularly a thanks to Greg for being here with us this morning. And in a year where many of us have been shaken in some way, shape or form. Our hope and our prayer here at BRBC this morning is that if you don't know Jesus, you've been stirred into action to follow him. And if you do know Jesus, that perhaps this morning you've been stirred to passionately pursue him as he relentlessly pursues you. Thanks for being with us. It's been great to be together in this way that we have. Go in peace, saints.